With the pandemic that came upon us, the rise of video conferencing tools like Microsoft Teams and Zoom has led to more aspects of the sales conversation to occur virtually. And what began as a crisis reaction has evolved into the new normal. But how normal is the new normal? We're talking about how the strong shift from in-person to virtual selling has transformed B2B sales experience. Virtual sales enablement, new organizations, KPIs, everything is evolving. In the Virtual Selling Podcast, we address these issues in depth twice a week with the experts and leaders of these transformations, heads of sales, sales ops, and sales enablement of the most innovative companies in the field. This podcast is sponsored by SalesDeck.io, the new SaaS platform to make your customer meetings more engaging and better prepared. Find out how you can shorten sales cycles, convert more leads, and increase customer engagement. Virtual selling is here to stay, and so is SalesDeck.io. My name is Gabriel Daly Schweber. Some know me as the French marketer lost in sale, but I'm also the founder of SalesDeck.io. Io and today I'm excited to welcome today's guest Walker McKay, founder principal of McKay Consulting and NoBS Sales School. Hello, Walker. Hello. How are you, Gabrielle? Fine, thank you. You are the first guest of this new podcast, and uh, sorry for my French, sorry for my accent, but I'm really <laughs> happy to to have a first conversation on virtual selling for you. Is there a difference between virtual selling and the traditional selling? I believe there is. I believe the main difference, though, is in the salesperson's mind. So I think that you know, people are very comfortable. Um, they're used to right from generations and generations of face-to-face sales. And then all of a sudden, you know, we, we can't get in front of people as much anymore or recognize that maybe it's easier not to have to get in front of them anymore. So my mind along the whole time was this is the same um, as regular selling or very, very similar. We just have to get more comfortable with that as salespeople. We've got to recognize that while this medium is maybe 80% as good as face-to-face, that the extra 20% well, how about this? The part that people are afraid of is they say, boy, this is way different. I don't know how to do this or nobody would buy this way. Um, we got to get over that because people are buying virtually every single day. And m- I don't think buyers have much trouble buying over these channels. I think salespeople struggle and say there's no way they would. But do you think it's the same to build trust, to create engagement, to... We create uh, an intimate relation with the uh, buyer? Hey, I don't know if it's exactly the same, um, but I feel like um, I can't point out the direct difference other than we have to treat it as if it were an in-person sales call with no handshakes, right? So I think there's a little more warmth perhaps is required of salespeople, a little bit more slow, um, slowing down our sales process a little bit. I don't mean more sales calls, but I mean, we've got to spend a little bit more time getting to know the prospect about their business, about their opinions about things. Be- I feel like before that's the call or during the, the, the virtual During call? the meeting, during the virtual call. I don't know that, um, I mean, I tell my clients that you could spend, I mean, a lot of times people do a ton of research before a sales call. And what I tell people is chances are, any research you do is going to be yesterday's news. You're going to get more direct um, to the minute um, truth by talking with somebody than by doing a ton of research. 
So I tell my folks, if you can do, you spend three minutes or less on research, right? Know that you have a good prospect, spend three minutes or less on direct stuff, and then spend that time learning about your prospect on the sales call. And create link and taking time to Absolutely. ask questions. Yes. And to find out, and this is one of the things that I really talk about a lot, Gabriel, is every salesperson is taught to ask questions. Every single one, got to ask the right questions. Even people who've had no training, got to ask the right questions. But what's never taught or is taught very rarely is what are the right questions? What are you trying to learn? And so, and sometimes it's glazed over like who, what, where, when, why, how. But the reality is it's more subtle than that is I want to learn what my prospects opinions are about their current situation. So not just what are your sales right now or how many people you have working for you, it's what do you, you, so you've told me your sales numbers are X. What do you think about that? Is that good or bad, right? What do you hope it would be in the future? So it's to ask people to, and that I feel like is the best way to connect with people either in person or over the video is to, is to get their opinions about things and then don't argue with them. And don't you think that buyers want sellers to be more efficient uh, through virtual selling to, more, to be more direct, uh, to lose them less time than in yeah. person. Yeah, yes. I mean, I think the whole virtual selling thing is a time saver. Instead of if you get, if you're the sales guy and you go to your prospect's office, right, you've got a whole lot more time of waiting in the lobby, getting together some, let me show you the office, all that stuff can be cut out. I think it's really important on the video call to engage with people as quickly as we can, right? It's, we get to the point faster. And I would say that the point needs to be, when I say get to the point, it's the seller understanding the prospect situation and the prospect knowing that the seller understands their situation. So asking questions to understand their business situation and spending plenty of time to get all their opinions out. And, and you think that the buyer has enough time for that and is re really ready to devote enough time for that? So here's what I tell people, right? So I like, I don't want anybody's, ex I want everybody's expectations to be managed. So when I set up a sales call over Zoom, I will say, hey, when's the time we can spend 30 minutes? Or when's the time we can spend an hour? And then when we, then when the time comes, I'm going to reconfirm, hey, is it okay? Do you still have an hour? And then what are you hoping we can talk about, right? What, and I ask myself, what are you hoping we can talk about? And then I might say, here's what I want to talk about. Are you okay with that? So I'm going to spend a few minutes at the beginning of the sales call setting it up. What does this look like, right? What are we supposed to be talking about today? And then I'm going to give each word. Then I'm going to. I'm a big believer that the sales process should be more of a disqualification process than a qualification process. I think most people, and I think it's a good general rule of thumb. Most people aren't ready to make changes. Most people are not ready. Now I would bet that I don't know 80, 90 percent of people you talk to aren't going to be ready to buy. And if your number's higher than that, it means you're probably not talking to enough people, right? So I think it matters a lot, especially in the first sales call, is to figure out what do they want to talk about? How much time do they have? What do they want to talk about? Get permission to ask what you want to talk about. I will typically get permission to ask, 
kind of what's the situation somebody's in right now versus where they want to be. I want to find out the financial implications of that. And I want to find out how they make a decision. So I'm going to ask, is it okay if we talk about those things? And they'll say, sure, typically. And then I'll say, listen, if I get the feeling that I can't help you, do you mind if I'm just straight with you? If I get the feeling I can't help you, do you mind if I just tell you so? And usually what I get is a sigh of relief. Oh, man, that'd be great. Because salespeople, most buyers think that the seller is going to try and convince them of something. And I think that's the fastest way to lose trust is to try and convince your prospect of something. They've got to be, they've got to be convinced themselves. I like so, the idea that of the disqualification process because I, in France, I have an inbound marketing agency and plenty of lead because I have more than 200K visitor per month on a website. So it wow. makes us plenty of leads. And I have to train my sales, my sales team, which is not a big, big one. And I have to train them to disqualify. Uh, I, right. I don't want every lead to be uh, followed. I want only the good one to be followed and to, for them to be taking the right time for them. And, and for you, is the virtual selling uh, a better tool to do disqualification? Here's what I like about virtual selling and why it may be better for disqualification. You can have more meetings in one day virtual selling than you can face-to-face. -face. So I think you can, and also you're eliminating a lot of drive time. You're eliminating a lot of, of time that's just wasted in between, right? Because I can be, I used to travel a lot. I used to travel around the country. I did a lot of my work um, and you know, sales calls and stuff a, a lot. And now I'm in my office. And so I spend, I mean, I probably spent, I don't know how many days traveling before the pandemic, but now shoot, I rarely leave and I have all my sales calls this way. So I think it's um, super helpful to have this. I think it's more efficient, more effective. And then I can actually have more sales calls, which makes me have a better pipeline, which then helps me have better feeling about, you know, this isn't the right fit, right? I've always got another one coming up. Okay, so it's sense. a much better tool to disqualify, but oh, it is a better tool to engage. Many sellers are uh, saying that uh, virtual selling is, is a pain in the ass because uh, it's very difficult to engage because uh, some of the buyers don't turn on their, their, their camera, don't turn on their mic, uh, do other things when, when they speak. Uh, or do you, or do you I think I think that's an excuse. I think that, I mean, there's a million reasons why we can't, why virtual selling is different, but um, it's, you're still, it's people dealing with people. And if somebody would not turn on their camera and they said, I'm just not going to do that, then I would see that as a pretty, um, I would say, hey, and they say, oh, it's a bad day for that or whatever. I would say, let's schedule a time when we can have a camera. I would reschedule. And if somebody said, I'll never turn on my camera, I have to wonder how serious is that person? You know, I, I believe that we are not the right fit for everybody, that no company is the right fit for everybody. And if somebody is going to be hiding from you, any more than I would try to sell to somebody who had their chair turned backwards to me, would I, would I worry about selling to somebody who wouldn't turn their video on? Now, have I done it? Yes. Was it awkward? 100%. Would I, do I want to do that? No. Sometimes I'm forced to, but I'll always ask, hey, can you turn on your camera? And they'll say, well, no, I can't because of X, Y, Z. Say, how about we reschedule for a time that we can? 
And how does the buyer react? Well, sometimes it's, I haven't had that happen a lot, but oftentimes they'll turn the camera on right then. And, right. So if I, and you can have a normal conversation with them and, uh, yes. uh, and start I just think meeting. it matters that we ask, right? I think it matters that we don't have to accept the, we don't have to accept the terms that the buyer shows up with. They say, I'm not talking to you. I'm not turning the video on. You say, okay, tell me why. And if they have a really good reason, say, would it make sense to reschedule us for another time? I feel, I feel like it's important for us to get to know each other. If they say, I don't want to do that, then I might say, okay, then fine. Let's not reschedule. Let's just end the call right now because I'm clearly wasting your time. And or would you compare that to a phone call where you don't have camera? So great point. Um, and I use the phone all the time where there's no camera. So Um, I just feel like, though, if somebody's getting on a video chat and they won't turn on video, that's a problem. But you bring up a good point. Hell, I do it on the phone every day. If somebody says, no, I'm not going to do the camera and no, there's not a way that no, there's no other time, then I'll say, all right, let's do this. And why don't we just get on the phone or let's just have the conversation here. But it really does give me a pretty good sign. It's not a great prospect unless they say I don't have the equipment. I'm so sorry. Then but everybody's got the damn equipment anymore. So it's part of your disqualification process. Yeah, it can be. It's among, and understand a lot of that's just kind of a gut feel. If I'm not finding a connection and it's up to me to make a connection, but if I can't find a connection and they're blocking me and not give me information, I guess more than turning on the video, if somebody's not giving me the information that I need, right? If they're not playing the game, if they're holding back answering and yes, no answers or not giving the information I need, then I'm going to go away. Right. Most of the time I find with the camera on and face to face, it's much easier to relate, just like being face to face in a meeting. Um, I'm not so sure I have an exact answer for you, Gabrielle. I don't know. I haven't had that happen much. I don't have people not turn on the video very often. But when it does happen, I'll say, is there a reason why? And if the reason's legit, then I'll play along. But if it's not, I'll reschedule or just cancel. Okay, great. That's a very good point. Um, some other things that you want to share about virtual selling and the difference with the traditional in-person selling is that, is that things that are changing in terms of uh, organization of the sales team, of uh, planning of the meeting. I think planning is more important now than before. I think because we don't have, because nobody wants to have their time wasted. I feel like we need to have an agenda And I think we need to know our prospects agenda before we start the meeting. I think we also need to know what it is that we're deciding in this meeting. What are we going to decide yes or no to at the end of the meeting and have that agreement up front? Are we deciding whether or not to sign a contract? Are we deciding whether or not to have another meeting? Are we deciding whether or not you're going to, you know, my, the person I'm talking to is going to endorse me to somebody else? But to know that up front so that all parties can know what it is they need to know before moving forward. So more preparation, clear and more agenda. and more acknowledgement. Yeah, and more acknowledgement of agenda both ways. Yes. Great. And and is it something that you teach to your trainee? Uh, yes. Prepare them to that. Yes, absolutely, I do. And so we have, um, yeah, we have lots of classes on this. Quite frankly, I don't treat it much differently than regular selling because most of my clients at this point are still doing mostly virtual selling. And so it's like the normal, right? It's the new normal. And I, I, 
I said, you can make all kinds of excuses about how different it is. But I would tell you, most of the time, it's the same. You still have to have somebody trust you enough to give you money to make a problem go away. Ultimately, that's sales, having somebody trust you enough to give you money to make a problem go away. And they've got those same problems virtually versus face-to-face. -face. It's just, are we willing to adapt to the new medium? Maybe people thought selling over the phone was hard before and they had to get used to it. We certainly got used to that. So um, I don't know that I've picked up a whole bunch of difference between the two. It just makes, it's just us having a whole new set of excuses why it's not working. And what you can do on virtual selling is to use some tools to share presentation, to work together on uh, collaborative documents, to, yes. to do the kind of thing. Is it something that you recommend to? Yes, I do. I'm a big believer in, in working, especially on like a, um, a presentation, is to ask the person, what is it you want to see? What is it you want to see or hear from me to be able to make a decision? And or when you're creating a proposal, I love doing it face to face, you know, this way with my prospect. I'll put it up and say, let's go through this draft and see what's, what makes sense for you and what doesn't make sense for you on the spot, as opposed to sending it off and waiting for them to get back to me. I'd much rather do it live. My point of view, and it's why I created SalesDeck, is that you can really make something more collaborative on virtual selling to use the tool to do more than just having a conversation, but yes. building something together. I think that's a brilliant idea. And I think you, we can use this because you're right. It's easy to turn your laptop around to show them what you have. I think it's a brilliant idea. Yes. And that the collaboration it allows us to use more technology to show um, different, you know, to show our thoughts and also to be able to work and change things on the fly. I think that's great. Yeah, that's really the idea behind sales decks. Thanks a lot, Walker. It was a pleasure to have you uh, as the first guest of the Virtual Selling Podcast. This first episode is over. We will meet twice a week for a new episode with new stories and challenge of giant in the field. Don't forget to subscribe to your favorite podcast platforms so you don't miss any episode. Massive thanks to our sponsor, salesdeck.io, the virtual selling platform that increases sales productivity, drive quota attainment, and accelerate growth. Book your salesdeck.io demo today to discover how you can close more deals with engaging and better prepped customer meetings. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. Thank you so much, Gabriel.